Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. The Ford F-150 truck drives smart design forward. The standard 12-inch productivity screen helps you get what you need done too. And the available Pro-Access tailgate improves access to bed and cargo and utilization of the bed, including when towing a trailer. Together with a wider bumper step, it's easier to access the bed and load in tight spaces. An available ProPower onboard serves as a mobile power source, providing up to 7.2 kilowatts of power to charge a bed full of electric dirt bikes or run an entire job site worth of tools. I'm still driving my 2016 F-150 truck and 90,000 miles in. As long as I keep it clean, it honestly still looks brand new. I've taken it down snow-covered forest service roads, taken it out camping, put a ton of miles on on the freeway, had five adults in the cabin for long trips, and it's been great everywhere. Super dependable. I still love the way it looks, nice and rugged design, but with a super comfortable interior. And I'm still very happy with the quality sound system and heated seats. And since I bought my 2016 F-150 truck, the list of standard amenities that make a truck feel like a luxury vehicle have only grown. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. How are people doing it? What are the rules? What are the laws? What are some of the strangest sexual norms around the globe? Find out all this and more in a very sexy and or creepy and definitely fascinating episode of Time Suck. You're listening to Time Suck. You know, cultures have a lot of strong opinions about sex, like, you know, who you can have it with, uh, what happens to if you don't follow the rules throughout history. Numerous civilizations have punished adultery, for example, sex outside of marriage uh, with death, not messing around. Occasionally, uh, radical Muslim communities, women have been stoned to death for adultery and probably uh, beyond uh, Muslim culture as well. I'm sure a lot of ancient Christian cultures, or not even ancient, more recent, uh, did similar things with uh, kind of their abhorrent views Towards women, uh, a lot of misogyny mixed in there. According to a 2013 news.trust.org article, stoning for adultery was still legal in 13 countries, such as Iran and Somalia. Uh, Iran, a lot of uh, interesting, horrific sexual stuff going on in that country. And Iran, according to ageofconsent.com, raised the age legally of consent for girls to 13 from 9 uh, for girls about to get getting married. This was in 2002. So you know, you know, they just only just you know they're married. So somehow that makes it, uh, I don't know, maybe worse actually. According to this article, uh, you could legally have sex with a nine-year-old in 2001 if she was your wife. Uh, in America, having sex with a nine-year-old, uh, wife or no, pretty illegal, uh, pretty socially frowned upon. You know, as in an angry mob might beat you to death in the street for trying that frowned upon kind of way. And, and I point all this out, not to pick on Iran, but just to show that, uh, you know, what one culture decides is okay sexually is morally repugnant to another culture. Like, we have gay pride parades and same-sex marriage. In this country right now, homosexual acts in Iran punishable by death. You know, and, and homosexuality treated very violently in this country pretty recently. You know, and, and legally as well was, you know, illegal. Uh, and, and then other countries obviously way more permissive than us, like the Netherlands, you know, they have legal prostitution, uh, Amsterdam being such an example, their famous red light district. I've been to Amsterdam numerous times, seen it. 
Uh, people aren't fucking in the streets. They aren't just going crazy with it. People are actually, it's actually a very calm, uh, polite city. But uh, they get topless beaches around there. Very sexually permissive. And American social conservatives always kind of like point to these kind of things. It's like some modern day Sodom and Gomorrah where, you know, it's like people are just going to be fucking dogs in the street <laughs> if you let, you know, prostitution become legal and drugs and things. But the stats don't back that up, uh, <laughs> nor does common sense. But, uh, you know, like teen pregnancy, for example, uh, according to alternate.org, 5.3 per 1,000. In the Netherlands, 39.1 per 1,000 uh, in the U.S. So, you know, basically eight times as much teen pregnancy in the U.S. with all our sexual re- repression comparatively to the Netherlands. U.S. also has more adults living with AIDS, uh, HIV than the Netherlands per capita. So, you know, being sexually, you know, more open seems to make uh, the Netherlands, you know, just, just kind of healthier, you know, overall. Uh, yeah, and I do notice, you know, in Europe, there is just very different attitudes. I had a big culture shock uh, when I went to study abroad when I was um, a, oh my gosh, I'm blank, a junior in college. It's been too long now. Uh, I was a junior in college, and I went from Spokane, Washington, going to Gonzaga, you know, pretty conservative for a college especially at that time. You know, there was parties like at any college, but not the kind you hear about at a big state school. There was no Ohio State, you know, Greek row level of partying. And um, and I go from this little kind of, you know, conservative area to stay with this host family in London, and they were actually uh, pretty conservative. But one day I am in the, the family room, one of the first days, and they're just kind of like, you know, looking around. I don't know, I was studying or something, and... Uh, Look up on the wall. They got some family pictures. I think I'd noticed a little bit before, but <clears throat> excuse me, not really thought anything of it. And and then I look at this family collage, and in the middle, I, I just have this. I see this image. I'm like, I, what the fuck? Like, is am I really seeing this? And I'm looking at uh, the host mother. By the way, the family was a husband and wife who, at that time, were I'd say in their late forties, um, with one to four kids. Three boys and a girl, ages from 21 on the way down to about 11. All still living at home uh, at the time. And and the mom, um, you know, not a, like, sexualized kind of woman, you know, just kind of, I don't know, just momish, for lack of a better adjective. You know, didn't wear anything scandalous ever or, or, or dress up, you know, in a sexualized way ever when I was there for, like, four months. But in this picture, she's topless. She's on a beach, kind of laying on her belly, and she has her, kind of like that, what is that, yoga pose where you push off with your hands, arch your back, and look up. But like like when you're laying on the beach, and, and you just on your stomach, and you just, you know, lean up, and she had big breasts, and just her big tits just, pa right there in the center of the family collage is that picture of the mom. And I remember she had an American roommate, and like, you know, go running over to him, be like, dude, you gotta check this shit out. These people are fucking weird. And uh, at some point, it came up to a, like one of the sons, and he was just like laughing at me, like, what's the big deal? And I realized in hindsight, he was right to laugh. Like, it is no big deal. So what? It's boobs. Like, we get so crazy in America about, like, oh my God, you know, how could you see that? Or, you know, and I have kids, I have eight and 10 year old, you know, and, and we let them, you know, it, now actually eight and 10. Tell them to, you know, if they're going to be naked, stay in your rooms. But if they're like, need a towel or something out in the hall and run out naked to grab one, we're not like, what the hell? Get in there, you heathen sinner. 
you with your shame penis. Like, you know, it's just like, whatever, it's a body. Um, but other people would be, you know, I've talked to stories on, shared stories on stage about my kids, you know, <laughs> doing weird things naked, you know, as far as like, uh, want me to check out their pubes or, you know, whatever. They think they have pubes. And just like my son whipping out his, you know, his wiener. And um, <laughs> my wife hates it when I use that word. She thinks it's childish. But whatever. It's a funny word to me. But it whips out his, uh, his wiener. And, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, buddy. Now let's save that for after dinner. But I wasn't like, go to your room, you dirty pervert. No, because then he's going to have all this weird shame that people have about their genitals and all that shit. I don't know. So it's, it's, it's a fascinating kind of top to me, like, like how, you know, it's all subjective for the most part, what, what we consider normal about sexuality. You know, in, in history, you know, it goes all across the map. Like in Rome, uh, Roman culture, sex with servants wasn't considered adultery. Uh, sex with a prostitute was also not adultery. Basically, adultery was only if you were having what sounds kind of like, like an emotional, like if you were having sex with another dude's wife and you weren't paying her. She wasn't a prostitute. She wasn't a slave. She was a free, free woman. Um, and you guys were having this like you know ongoing liaison. That would be considered cheating, and that would be illegal. And their punishment was interesting. Uh, for for a while in Roman law, uh, if, if you like, let's say you catch some dude banging your wife, having sex with your wife. Well, <laughs> legally, <laughs> if you can prove that he did it. Uh, you get to, to, to sodomize him. You get to fuck him in the ass in front of an audience if you choose as like a payback, which kind of awesome, <laughs> like in a, in a weird way, like, like kind of poetic justice. Oh, that's so crazy. That is so crazy. Oh, but, but then like now that I really am thinking about it, I mean, it's like, ah, like I don't know who exactly, I mean, he's being punished, but at the same time to punish him, you have to fuck a guy in the ass, and if you're not of that persuasion, it's, I guess you could just like make it like a non-sexual thing, you know? Like you're not even just go to a different place in your head, which that is you know, that's pretty dark. <laughs> that's pretty dark, but um, yeah, that's also very funny to me. That uh, man, that make you think. <laughs> that make you think twice about cheating. If instead of just, you know, like a social taboo of like, oh, man, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> if the the husband of the woman you cheated with could bring you out like in front of your friends and fam- family and fuck you in the ass. While they were, oh, my God. Uh, that's crazy. But, uh, you know, orgies were common for rulers throughout ancient Greece. Uh, Mesopotamia, Rome, India, Mongolia. It was actually the norm at various historical points. But like, like rulers, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I should use the word expected, but I, but I think so. It's from what it seems like from what I've read. You know, where it'd be like weird if you weren't having a harem. Like, how crazy is that? And and think about how different that is to us now. You know, that was totally the norm. Like, you were Genghis Khan. Yeah, man, you fucking you spread your seed. That's what you did. That was that was like a symbol of your strength. You know, it's like, oh man, no, he's a great ruler. He's fucking banging chicks left and right, killing people left and right. He's doing a great job. Um, Bill Clinton, you know, what, just as recently as you do, well, it's like in like the last 30 years, he was almost crucified for getting a blowjob from an intern, from Monica Lewinsky, nearly impeached. You know, back in Rome, for a ruler, that would have been a fucking boring day. It's like, well, you 
Oh, you got your, your dick sucked by the by the chubby girl down the hall? <laughs> what are you, what are you, vice president? Come on, you're the fucking president, man. Get, get, get out there. Get out there and do some fucking. But yeah, but I mean, that's just, it's, it's, it's interesting how reality just shifts, you know, what's, that's, that's why I always question the rules. Kind of like side note on this, that's why, you know, like I have a very uh, loose respect for law, which some people just find like ridiculous. But I'm like, nah. It's just some dudes, you know, large, and it is largely dudes. That's not me being sexist. That's just historical, you know, mostly just some dudes who decided, uh, hey, man, here's how you're supposed to live your life, and that's it. And if you don't do it this way, you get in trouble. And, you know, some people are like, well, okay, well, that's the rules. You know, rules are rules. I don't do that that way now. Where I have a, a different instinct where I'm just like, who the fuck are those guys? Why do they get to decide? What do they know that I don't know? You know, and the older I get, I realize, shit, they don't know shit. You know, it's like I have less and less faith in people's leadership as I meet more and more leaders, especially in Hollywood. Fucking hey, man, meeting executives, these people who are in charge of projects, dumb as fuck. Some of them uh, very intelligent, but other ones, I wish I had a sound button for that. Dumb as fuck. Like, yeah, you just realize as you get older that some people have just kind of fallen upward into positions of leadership or just like tenacity. You know, those kind of, that kind of person that's like, he's not really that smart or she's not really that smart, but just like tunnel vision, just like, no, I'm going to read all these self-help books. I'm going to read management books. I'm going to climb. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to push whoever down. I need like just so focused, so goal orientated that they then achieve this goal, but don't necessarily have the skill set to, like, like they're more skilled at climbing the ladder than they are at performing services along the, the rungs, you know, along the way. But I digress. Anyway, I'm just making the point that a lot of this shit's subjective, you know? I mean, for me, the basic rules of sexuality is no kids and, you know, everyone has to consent. That, I think, should be just the basic rule. Common sense. Don't fuck kids. They're not emotionally... Uh, you know, ready for it. So that's damaging. So that's, that's wrong because you're damaging somebody. You're taking advantage of somebody. That's wrong. And, you know, and people have to consent. You know, if they're not consenting, well, that, then that's wrong. You know, then again, you're damaging somebody. So just don't, don't damage people. You know, and, uh, and no animals, you know, because they can't consent, I think is, is pretty much common sense. You know, but that one, I think, that, the, the animals one, honestly, just going logic here, I'm going to put an asterisk on that one. Okay, because if you like, like, for example, you have a Doberman that really enjoys peanut butter, enjoys its flavor, texture, uh, likes to eat it, doesn't have any, <laughs> as a Doberman, uh, doesn't probably have any sexual hangups about uh, human genitalia, you know, and you really like having peanut butter licked off of your dick or, and or balls by a Doberman, I don't really see a victim, you know, one person's getting their jollies and the other person's getting... A tasty snack, you know. Who's who's losing there? Not, not, I'm not bringing that up like as like a weird thing of like. So you know, when you find out that I'm having Dobermans, lick some peanut butter off my ween. No, that's not where I'm going with that at all. That's not at all. I just trying to be logical. So anyway, uh, I want to get into this time suck that I got sucked into a, a while back, and and dig into the weirdest sexual customs in recent history. Because I've wondered about this ever since the sociology class I took. I think sociology 101, back in Zaga, we're talking about sexual customs, and we read about this tribe in Africa that believed 
some, I don't remember where in Africa, but I remember it was an African tribe that believed that in order for uh, a man to become fertile, here's how you got fertile in this tribe. Your uncle, when you started going through puberty, would take you out in the woods and fuck you in the ass for a couple weeks and ejaculate, that was as important, would ejaculate into your butt. Because they believed that they, they knew that the seed coming out of the man's penis uh, was what made babies. Uh, they didn't have science, but they knew that. And they just kind of did this weird logic where they're like, well, okay, the seed's got to come from somewhere. And like seeds, like, like from the, the plant world, you know, this tree drops seeds and then it starts another tree and then that tree drops seeds. And they kind of follow that model and they're like, well, so the uncle puts his seeds into the kid's butt. And then that way the kid is fertile and he can, you know, put seeds into a woman. But man, what a what a rough place to grow up. That's a that's a rough that's a rough puberty ritual right there. That's that's not fun, man. Have to go out into the jungle with Uncle Buttfucker. God. Wow, but it's it, totally normal to them, you know. And for for all I know, it's not like the uncle was like some you know pervert. He might not have wanted to do it. It's just like out of duty. Might have been like the most mechanical sodomizing ever or just like well this is i don't get it either you know it's like like these two guys are out there in the woods you know having butt sex and kind of have the same feelings of it that probably a lot of people do at like church on sunday we're like i don't i don't know what this shit means but I'm, I'm, my wife wants me to come here you know that's, that's where, where i'm supposed to go or i don't know i don't get it they're just out there in the woods some version of that oh my gosh so anyway all right all right let's get into the meat of this time suck with the top 10 weirdest sex customs in the world. Okay, Nerve.com, ScoopWoop.com. This is where I found this first one. This number one. And actually, I'm building, I think, roughly. Number 10 being the most interesting to me, or weirdest. But this is number one. Uh, in the Sambian tribe of New Guinea, uh, young men are kept away from women for a set period of time, must fillet, and then swallow the semen of the tribe's mightiest warriors. Just part, of, just part of growing up. Starts around seven, separated for about ten years. Um, yeah, the, I guess these these kids are also like taught to detach themselves from their mothers and other women in the tribe, so they can learn to live without women. And uh, they're also like uh, have these sticks that are put up at their nose because their nose is to bleed a lot, uh, so they can learn about pain and the ability to withstand it. And then, yeah, and then they. They get the semen in them because uh, the semen contains, like, the masculine spirit, kind of similar to the African tribe I was talking about earlier. And young boys can only uh, attain this through uh, sucking some dick. So that's <laughs> that's weird. What a weird how, like, that does not translate at all to our culture. You know, in our cul- <laughs> culture, that's like this homophobic slang put down where it's like, you know, and again, this is homophobic and misogynistic, but it's, it is what happens in our culture, so it's silly not for me not to act like it's not real. But when dudes call each other dudes like, you fucking pussy, you know, fucking homo, you know, you fucking, why don't you go suck some dick? Like, that's very, like, locker room, straight guy kind of talk for making fun of someone, making fun of someone's masculinity, like a put-down. But in this tribe, you don't become the mightiest warrior in that tribe unless you have sucked some warrior dick. Like, that's literally how you get to become a warrior. You know, every single warrior of the tribe <laughs> sucked dick as a kid. That's, that's an insane sentence that's true for that. Oh, my God. So crazy. So let's move on to number two. Number two, uh, Cambodia. 
The Kroon tribe, the elders, build a love hut for their teenage daughters. Different boys spend the night here day after day until she finds a suitable partner who she then marries for life and has a monogamous relationship. Now, this one, I think, is actually kind of cool. As much as I don't like to think about my daughter growing up and becoming a sexual person, I just don't like thinking about my kids that way at all. But I think it's just because it makes me sad just that they're not going to be little kids anymore. Because, you know, you know, like every, I think, good parent, you just, God, you just... You know, you want to see them grow up, but you don't. You don't want to keep them as little innocent creatures as long as possible where they just want to love, you know, love dad and snuggle up on the couch and play board games. Huh, I don't want that to go away. But thinking about just someone's happiness, that's actually very practical. For it's like, you know, she's going to have to have sex with this dude for the rest of her life. Want to get a little taste of the village. You know, there's no shame, no taboo associated with it. Excuse me. And she just... You know, she samples, and then she's like, all right, this guy, he fits the best, and I like his technique, and, uh, you know, he doesn't annoy me too much, so, all right, you'll do. You're the one that's going to do it. Because I think, I think that's actually way better than the Christian puritanical repression of no sex before marriage, because sex is an important part of marriage. It's like you don't want to have, like, adultery and things, well, then find somebody you enjoy fucking. If you're going to go on this premise of fucking one person for the rest of your life, which I believe is not natural uh, biologically, I don't believe we are monogamous that way. Like, we're not built for it as men. But if you're going to, like, expect somebody, man or woman, to, 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 I think, go against some natural impulses and emotionally commit to just one person, well, at least have it be someone that they enjoy fucking with. Because that's going to give you your best chance of a long-term happy marriage. I think common sense. All right, number three, Nepal. This is uh, some Nepali tribes in the Himalayan region practice polyandry. Uh, basically, all the brothers share one woman so they don't have too many children for their limited farmland because it's a really cold environment. It's up there. You know, there's not a lot of natural resources for a huge population in some of these, you know, regions of the Himalayas. And so to cut down on procreation, you know, uh, Brothers will just kind of share a wife. Ha! That's... Ah! Ugh. I get... I don't even have brothers. But that's just... I get it. I get the logic. I really do get the logic they're, they're coming from on this one. But, man, that just sounds emotionally horrible. I mean, I guess if you're used to it, I guess that's what the norm is. <laughs> but just, like, what do you... What, like, weird sibling rivalry would go on there? Like, you know, that, that poor woman, that poor woman, you know, she's like tra- having, if, if there's like four brothers, she's having sex with four brothers, you know, she has to like placate each of their egos and tell each of them that they have the, the biggest dick and the best dick and they're the best in bed. And, you know, the other brothers, you know, she just, she doesn't care about them. It's just, you know, the, the culture, but she really just cares about, you know, this one dude. And then, you know, the brothers talk to each other and get in fights. Which, no, she said that to me. No, she said that to me. It just, that sounds, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. That sounds, the only thing worse than that would be if you inverted it. Because some guys, you know, like joke around, like twin sisters or whatever. Can you imagine, like, as a dude, if you had, like, four sister wives, like, four sisters, and you're sleeping with all of them? Oh, man. Have you seen sisters fight? Not pretty. Not pretty. The rivalry that can go on there. Oh my God. Um, yeah, that sounds no no interest in that uh, in either way. India number four. 
the Murya tribe from the Chattiskar, I think it's like state. Uh, they have a very sexually liberated culture. They have mixed sex dormitories where adolescents are sent to practice premarital sex, sometimes with a single partner, sometimes serially. Discouraged from becoming emotionally attached to their partners. It's like the Deerhorn Muria, I guess is all. It's a forest dwelling tribe, and it's central India, uh, where this region is. Yeah, and it's just a it's just a festive mingling of teenage men and women. You know, they teach them songs, lore, dance, sex, and and I guess if any of the girls get pregnant during this, because uh, they, they they give them some like herbal drink that's supposed to be like a homeopathic contraceptive, but if it doesn't work and the girl becomes pregnant, the entire village just adopts the baby. So the girl doesn't have to raise it because no one knows who the father is, like if it happens in this period. Man, that, I got to say, if I was uh, 17, 18, like I don't know what else is going on in that culture, but this part, fucking what a party. Are you kidding me? Where you just get a fuck fest, like in a, in a dorm full of a bunch of other you, people your age? Can you imagine? Oh, 19-year-old me uh, would be like going to get a passport photo right now. Doing recent, well, I'm actually always not that brave. Would be fantasizing heavily about doing so. Uh, that sounds pretty cool. Okay, so number five. Uh, this is Ireland. This sounds like the worst. This is like the worst puritanical place uh, to live. It's this island of. It was called Innis Beag by this anthropologist who did this study on there. Um, John Cohen Messenger, he, he observed in a study called Sex and Repression in an Irish Folk Community. And this is 1958, 1966. Um, it's Ina is the island, little tiny island off the coast of, uh, on the Irish coast. It's like a couple hundred people. And they're so sexually repressed, they keep their underwear on, even during sexual intercourse. Uh, they look at it as just like this horrible chore. Uh, there's no kissing, there's no physical affection. It's all around. It's all like evil and horrible and, and gross. And uh, this is like a little fishing village uh, where, the, where the people live. And um, oh, it's it's just uh, like menstruation, menopause, regarded with fear and disgust. Breastfeeding was avoided. Like they're so sexually repressed. Uh, premarital premarital sex almost non-existent. Um, yeah. Sex uh, also practiced only in the missionary position. Any variation of that was seen as completely deviant, sinful. Whew. Average marriage uh, was 36 for men, 25 for women. Uh, man was considered a boy until age 40. Dogs were whipped for licking their balls. Wow, man. That is... And, you know, this guy, this anthropologist, uh, said that there was high levels of masturbation, drinking, and alcohol-fueled fights. Well, of course, man, they're fucking pissed off and horny. Yeah, they're drinking. Yeah, they're jerking off. Yes, they're getting in fist fights. They got no other outlets for, you know, physicality. But man, that sounds like fuck that place. Ugh. Just a puritanical nightmare. No thanks. No thanks. What a what a horrible place to to be like born, live and die where you just never get to experience any joy of sex. Um, yeah, okay. So, um, all right, so that was number five. I got way too many numbers in here. I did something uh, with my with my list, my prep. Okay, there, now we're back on track. Number six, Australia, first per- uh, portion of this. There was this uh, Marjahara Aboriginal rite where they do this penile. It's like a form of circumcision, but it's not 
It's not. It's not just like oh my god. It's it's like a crazy. Here's what. Okay, let's see. Here's what it is. Oh my god. Um. Okay. So the, the when when the boy is like ten or twelve, he gets his front teeth knocked out, and uh, that considers he's symbolically dead because this gets his septum pierced, and then he's taken to the wilderness by a bunch of other dudes. He's circumcised, but then like this crazy circumcised where it's like it's like a penis like from the oh from like your balls up the front of the dick like it's kind of like you peel like a lot of skin off of it it's cut lengthwise on the underside you know and 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 blood is dripped from this bloody penis into the fire to purify it and then (laughs) it's the worst part uh and then you have to eat your foreskin i'm not kidding you have to swallow it and without chewing for some reason and then uh for the rest of your life you're gonna pee out of this little hole on the bottom of your shaft now because they mutilated your penis and then, and then you go hunting with all with the, with the boys, and then you return to camp with food, and you're covered in blood, and you're reborn as an adult male. What in the fuck? <laughs> that, you know, on some of these things, I can, you know, I feel like part of my brain can be like, well, you know, you know, who am I to judge another culture? And, you know, we have our, our you know, crazy, weird little rituals, and you have yours, and, you know, tomato, tomato. No, 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 no. That one uh, needs to, I don't know if that's happening anymore but that's one of those ones where if i'm in the air it's like nope we're going to that tribe and they're gonna fucking stop doing that or they're gonna be killed we're gonna start executing anybody who tries to do that to a a kid that is ah genital mutilation man wow fuck so so be glad you, you don't live there temporary marriages in iran this stuff going back to iran there's a thing you know it's it's illegal to have sex outside marriage so it's funny to me what people will do like to create loopholes and so what they've done here is they found like they do a temporary marriage where you can pay um some woman's family to to marry her for like a few weeks you know months whatever and then you know you get to have sex and then she has to after it's done go through a couple menstruation cycles and then she can be remarried again what fucking nonsense Oh, I ran. Um, number eight, Africa. In the Banyakol tribe, a minority tribe living in Uganda, marriage means quite a burden to the bride's aunt. <laughs> a couple wants to get married. The aunt has to have sex with the groom as a potency test. And furthermore, has to test the bride's virginity. Um, she, some traditions assert that the husband would have first have to have sex with the aunt before proceeding to have with the bride. And then the aunt, um, she, she kind of like listens and watches to the sexual intercourse between the, the, the bridegroom and her niece. And I guess she must, what, to test the bride, she must, like, check to see if the hymen's still in there. So, man, weird weird place to be an aunt. Uh, number nine, Indonesia. Not too far away from polyandry, being practiced in the Himalayas. Uh, surprising sexual celebra- celebratory ceremony taking place in the island of Java. It's a tradition, this came up on a lot of websites, called PON, P-O-N, and it's <clears throat> seven times a year they have these crazy festivities. You know, it's not like a, like a big, like a luau or something, you know, dances and all kinds of stuff. And during these seven days of the year, you can have sex with somebody outside your marriage. You're basically kind of, it sounds like, encouraged to have sex with somebody other than your wife or husband. And if you have sex with the same person all seven times, the same non-spouse, then you get good luck for the next year. So, okay, weird loophole in monogamy there. I just feel like <laughs> what a weird argument. I know I'm I don't like Maria Susan. We fucked at six of the last festivals because I'm trying to bring us luck. Do you want a bigger house next year? Well then help me fuck Maria at the next festival. That's just that's what a crazy like rule system we come up with. Okay, this brings us to number ten. 
This is the one I'm. This is the weirdest one. Weirdest one of uh, crazy sex customs for this time suck is Colombia. In uh, some rural villages, it's Colombia donkey fucking. Yeah, you heard me right. This tradition is widely known and accepted in parts of Colombia as a rite of passage for many boys to become men. Fathers will often take their young boys out to teach them how to have intercourse with farm animals. Once these young men get a taste of intercourse with donkeys, uh, it seems like it's, uh, I guess, hard to stop. There have been lots of cases uh, of married men repeatedly cheating on their wives with donkeys well into adulthood. Uh, the practice is believed by Colombians to benefit the boys a great deal by giving them a means to practice having sex. And Colombia is an extremely Catholic nation, so premarital sex is frowned upon, extramarital sex is frowned upon. So, you know, uh, the donkey is just kind of a there, donkey, the old donkey butthole loophole. That's how that works. I don't know why I put butthole in there. Because why, why, why did my brain so assume that it was a male donkey? That, I don't even want to know what that says about me. Why, why would... No, it's donkey vagina, I would imagine. I mean, you know, they're probably, they're probably occasionally stick it in a donkey butt, too. It's not like the donkey's going to be like, whoa, 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 lube up there first, buddy. Easy, easy. I mean, donkey's already getting fucked. I don't know, donkey has a lot to say in it. So... So weird, man. That was in that's that was in an askmen.com article. So there you go. So there <laughs> hopefully you've learned some interesting tidbits to sh- to share with people in your life about strange sex customs. Just Google if you want to learn more about this stuff. Uh, a lot of these customs came up in multiple articles. Just stuff like strange sex rituals, uh, strange sex customs around the world. That, those kind of Googles. All right, man. And I hope you had fun listening. And let's do a quick top five recap of today's time suck. One, don't ever marry a girl in remote Uganda without first checking to see how fucking hot her aunt is. Number two, never be a member of the uh, aboriginal tribe uh, Marjuara if in Australia if you have any respect uh, for your dick whatsoever. Number three, hopefully things have gotten a little better on the Irish Isle of Inishir. Uh, wow. Number four, Iran sounds like a truly fucking terrible place to live all around. And number five, don't fuck a donkey because apparently it's addictive. See you next time. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you suddenly had an extra hour show up in your day every day, what would you do with it? Work out, sleep, read a book, play Fortnite, call your mom, take judo lessons, finally watch all the episodes of Shameless. A lot of us spend a lot of our time wishing we had more time. But why? Time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The bad news is that you're not going to get that 25th hour. But what you can probably do is reprioritize where you spend some of your time. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it with your time. This year, my health is more important to me than cranking out another stand-up special as fast as possible. So I canceled a tour, sacrificed that income, and decided to spend a lot of the time I just got back working out more, resting more, relaxing more, and enjoying time with family, friends, and just myself. And I'm so glad I did. I feel better than I have in a long time. And my BetterHelp therapist, Debbie, was very helpful in getting me to make the decision to pull back. Thank you, Debbie. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TimeSuck today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TimeSuck. 